United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Joining us now is Dean Cheng, a senior advisor to the China program at the U.S. Institute of Peace. He joined from the Heritage Foundation, where he spent over a decade as a senior research fellow on Chinese political and security affairs. He has written extensively on China's military doctrine, the technological implications of its space program, and dual-use issues associated with China's industrial and scientific infrastructure. He joins us now. Dean, welcome and good morning. How are you? Good. Uh, It's uh, another humid day here in Northern Virginia. Oh, humid. It was humid months ago. It's now toxically (laughs) savage. (laughs) <laughs> these days that's how i that's how i regard i cannot wait i have a i've taken out of my drawer the sweatshirt that i intend to wear that will be my staple for the fall once it's cool enough to do anything besides that actually involves putting on sleeves i'm i'm looking <laughs> ahead at this moment in time dean there's a lot going on right now um between china and the philippines and there's some recent tensions people not, might not be very aware of what's going on This is part of the ongoing Chinese effort to establish dominance over the South China Sea region. Uh, China has something called the Nine Dash Line, uh, which it's never really specifically defined what it is, but increasingly treats as its borders. And that Nine Dash Line comes up literally almost onshore against Vietnam and the Philippines. Uh, To that end, there is a specific shoal at the moment, Second Thomas Shoal, the Filipinos beached a World War II era uh, landing ship on there and have a garrison of Philippine Marines on board. And the Chinese are trying to do essentially a stealthy blockade. They are trying to prevent the Filipinos from resupplying the Marines on that ship to force the Filipinos off of this shoal. Uh, And as the Chinese have said explicitly, that's ours. Uh, The interesting part here is the permanent court of arbitration, the Hague back in 2016 actually arbitrated part of this and basically said that the Chinese claims to the region are not founded on a legal basis as opposed to a historical basis. So what we're really seeing is the Chinese trying to push uh, a key U.S. ally off of territory that uh, the Philippines claims. So this idea of a, a, a this grounded World War II warship that we're hearing about that the Philippines are using as a military base, um, ha, has that been happening for quite some time? What I mean, obviously, World War II a warship has been around for quite some time, but has this been a recent development? Uh, the uh, Sierra Madre, the name of the ship, uh, was beached in 1999. So actually, this has been going on for about a quarter century now. Uh, which should give you something to think about, because this thing is lis- literally a rusty hulk. I mean, you should not think of this as somehow like the USS New Jersey. Uh, this mm. is a a landing ship, um, something that uh, Tom Hanks would have been familiar with in Saving Private Ryan's. Uh, um, not a little bigger than that. But I mean, that is what we are talking about. That was beach simply to provide uh, shelter for the Marines uh, rather than reclaiming land and building things out, which is what the Chinese have done. Um, but it's gotten much more heated over the last couple of years as the Chinese have increasingly sent uh, their Coast Guard and their uh, maritime militia uh, into the area and have literally been trying to block and starve out the Philippine garrison. So broaden this for us, because this idea of the different 
um, entities at work here. I mean, the maritime militia, the Chinese Chinese Coast Guard is well at play. Um, is this not considered the Chinese military at work? Well, that depends on who you ask. And if you ask the Chinese, this is part of what they term legal warfare uh, and political warfare. So the whole point here is, one, not to show up with the Chinese Navy, per se, what are what is often uh, termed gray hulls. If you think about warships around the world, they're typically painted gray. Uh, the idea is for these to be white hulls, which is what most Coast Guard cutters uh, look like, ours, the Chinese, the Japanese. The whole point here is to give the optics of on CNN or Agence France Press or Xinhua, look, we're sending Coast Guard cutters. We're not sending warships. Uh, if you think about the old George Carlin routine about baseball versus football, right? Um, you know, football is played on a gridiron. Baseball is played on a diamond. Uh, this is part of the optics. The Chinese are trying to say, look, we're not militarizing this. Now, Chinese Coast Guard cutters, some of these things displace 10,000 tons. To give you a sense of how big that is, that's the size of a World War II cruiser. That's the size of a modern destroyer. And Chinese Coast Guard cutters are heavily armed and have a military auxiliary role in wartime. But the idea here uh, is to make it look like, oh, these are Chinese civilians, this is Chinese law enforcement uh, going up against Filipino Marines. Um, and that's that's an important part of what the Chinese are doing is this isn't just about the Philippines. This is about all the claimants. Vietnam has claims. Malaysia has claims. And it's also trying to signal to the world that China's the one who somehow is um, being the victim here. The, the, the significance of the South China Sea, um, I, I don't know that everyone understands the global trade importance of it. It's often known as the, as the um, carotid artery of the global trade. I mean, $3.4 billion in trade transits through that region, um, like I, think, I think, annually. What does this mean in terms of the significance of this particular location and this happening on it? Uh, actually, that's $3.4 trillion. 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 Dollars. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's why it's the carotid artery. Basically... If you are keeping the lights on in Tokyo and Seoul or keeping food on the table in um, Taiwan or Japan, trade vital to you, tankers, ships filled with food and grain, transit through the South China Sea. Uh, if you are the Chinese and you're exporting your goods, they are often transiting through the South China Sea. And when you look at the nine dash line that the Chinese have drawn, Essentially, what they are saying is that huge swath of ocean from Hainan Island down to the Philippines, over to Vietnam, all of that is somehow Chinese waters. And that means that, in theory, the Chinese could basically turn off the spigot. They would have the right, like transiting through the Chesapeake Bay, of saying, this is our waters, you're not allowed to go through. That would immediately put pressure on all of these huge economies, the Japanese economy, the South Korean economy, the Taiwanese economy, uh, as well as China's economy. This is the kind of challenge, the kind of threat that is being posed, especially because this is much farther from Chinese territory than actual territorial waters, which only extend about 12 nautical miles from your shoreline. The Chinese argument is, yeah, but historically it's always been ours. I mean, they literally say it's called the South China Sea for a reason. 
Um, as you can imagine, other countries, including China's neighbors, say, wait a second. In the Philippines, it's called the West Sea. Um, you know, this does not give you some historical special right to it. What is the United States government doing? I mean, is there anything that we are, I mean, obviously we've been watching this and they clearly are looking to see the impact of all of it. I'm sure our allies are as well, but is there anything proactively being done um, to try to either impact or undermine this, or is it just from a watchful eye? So there's a mixed set of things. First off, the U.S. obviously has no claims to any of the territory in the South China Sea. So so we're not able to say, wait a second, some of those islands are ours. Uh, What we have done are a couple of things. First off, um, it's important to remember that the Philippines is a treaty ally of the United States, um, like South Korea, uh, like um, Australia. So what we have said to the Chinese, what we have signaled is under the terms of the treaty, if you start interfere, if you start shooting at Philippine government vessels, which includes aircraft, which includes ships, or start threatening Philippine personnel, government people like Marines, that could invoke the U.S.-Philippine Mutual Defense Treaty. Now, if you're the Chinese, you're looking at that and saying, mighty big words, uh, you've got Ukraine, you've got Taiwan, you've got all these other things that are on your plate. Are you really serious about that? But they have to be worried that maybe this could escalate. The other thing that we are doing is what's called freedom of navigation operations. We are sailing U.S. Navy ships, flying uh, U.S. Navy and Air Force aircraft through those waters to make the point, no, this is not actually your waters. Your claim, which the international courts have rejected, uh, is not acceptable, and we are going to sail warships through like they are international waters anywhere else. We don't ask for permission to sail through the middle of the Pacific or the middle of the Atlantic. We are not going to ask for permission, like you keep demanding, through the South China Sea. This is very important, but unfortunately, from uh, 2012 to 2015, the U.S. suspended all such bomb ops uh, and therefore sent a signal to Beijing that maybe we were okay with their attitude. And that's one of the real big problems is we are still digging ourselves out of that hole. Really, really thought provoking. Thank you so much for bringing us the very latest. I think we've all feel better informed this morning. Dean Chang, Senior Advisor to the China Program at the United States Institute of Peace. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks again for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.